Welcome to Ember Igniter's podcast. Thanks for joining us today. I'm Fran Melfer. And I'm Jenna Wilmers. And we are your Ember Igniters. Today we're going to do a little introduction of some of the things that are uh, important to us. So we're going to start off with just a quick uh, brief overview of what we've done um, in our past episodes. That's really exciting. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to talk about the vision of fire and then some of the terminology that we're going to be using. And then finally, we're going to uh, get right into the heart of our message, which is how do you rebuild your fire because it's never too late to be great. So let's get started. Um, I want to just review with you. Uh, we started at the beginning. And the beginning for us is really um, in the Bible, Genesis. And in Genesis 1.26, God um, says very, very clearly that he wanted to make people in his image. And I love that because that means we're not God. We're That's just right. an image of him. So we reflect who he is. Then we went on and we discussed about how one person... A decision that one person can make can truly affect um, a whole ripple effect of people. So that one decision was made by Eve and in the garden, and it changed our humanity. And here we are today. So sometimes we feel hopeless, and we discuss that out of hopelessness, there is actually hope. And we told you the story of a nine-year-old girl named Keila, and she had a really rough life. But what happened to her was she found her answer in Jesus Christ. Then we went on to talk about how we can inadvertently and sometimes purposely develop wrong fires in our lives. And um, then we went on to move into how um, we are able, through courage and hard work, which is what you've all done, uh, to make some changes in our life. And so we're really excited about what we're going to be sharing next. We had a vision that God gave to us, right, Jenna? Yes. I mean, a really vivid image at the was, time that he gave it to it us, It was too. so clear. Um, it was about a fire. Mm -hmm. And um, we recognized that uh, we needed to delve into what did the Word of God have to say to us about fire and what it was that God had called us to. So what we learned so far is, is that there's three very important things that a fire needs in order to be a fire. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like us. There's things we need in yeah. order to be who we are. So oxygen is one of them. Fuel is the other one. And heat is what it emanates. So oxygen to us is really um, the life of the fire. And that's our God. We, he's our passion and our fire. And then we talk about how it needs fuel. Well, Fuel, when Jen and I were really looking at it, we said, what is fuel? Well, fuel for human beings is this constant desire for knowledge. Yes. If we're not learning, we're not growing. Right? right? Mm -hmm. So we know that we have to constantly be growing and learning. So knowledge is fuel for your fire. And then finally, uh, what happens when this fire bursts into flame, we get what's heat, and we refer to that as the passion of our lives. What is the passion of our lives, and how do we get there? That's how the fire is built, and we're going to talk a little bit more about those very things. And so, um, uh, Jenna's going to... Isn't it interesting when people have passion about something, you can feel them, oh. you can feel it in their soul when you're yeah. around them. 
I just find that really fascinating that you can just feel it. It puts something in the atmosphere. It does. Just like the heat. It's, it's attractive. Yes. It's very, very attractive. So. Very much so. So going on in with our vision of fire, uh, the Lord kind of gave us three pictures and of three different types of fires. And we want to start off and kind of paint some pictures for you of what those fires look like and what they mean to us mm -hmm. when we talk about them. So the first one is a campfire. Yeah. And we call this fire the comfort zone fire. It's partly called that because it's typically a small fire. Um, and it's defined as a small fire outdoors mm -hmm. used for cooking and warmth. And it's in a controlled fire ring. So it's typically small. Yeah. It's warm. It's soothing. And it's very comforting. And this fire to us represents a place of security and complacency, kind of like where we all kind of are in our mm. daily lives. Mm -hmm. We are okay with being in our comfort zone. We don't like to stretch a lot because it's uncomfortable sometimes and it, we're uneasy in doing so. The second, they, it, oh, just ahead. to say, it's called comfort because that's where we feel the most comfortable. So it's easy for us not to want to move out of that. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. The second type of fire is a bonfire. And we call this the building zone fire. This fire is pretty large in size. Yes. And it's built in a meadow or on a beach or in a field. Uh, this fire also uh, sometimes can bring warmth mm -hmm. um, but it's yes. also entertaining yeah and celebratory uh, but you have to work at this fire you have to continue adding fuel to this yes. fire to keep it uh, to keep it going to keep it from spreading and to keep the largeness of this fire and if you don't then it kind of shrinks down and becomes a campfire. Uh, so this fire to us represents a place of growing and stretching and learning, getting out of that comfort zone. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's blazing. Yes. <laughs> well, and it's hard. I mean, it's not, it's not something that's easy or no. really something that you want to just jump right into. No, it's hard work. <laughs> it is hard work. Tending that fire. The bonfire also reminds us of the pillar of fire. Like when the Israelites were escaping from Israel, yeah, they had to have faith that God would keep them going through yes. the wilderness and yes. guide them every step of the way. That's right. And he did so with a pillar of fire so that they could see at night. That's right. And that it illuminated their path. Totally illuminated their path. Yeah. And we want you to know that that's the same for you. Exactly. That is the way that God will provide comfort and security for you. That's right. And we have to have faith that God is going to walk us through the night, walk us through our life, because he's preparing us. That's right. And he's building us up to take us to the next level. It's what he so wants from each one of us. It would make him so happy. Absolutely. And that's the way that we're going to get to a place where we can all carry out our God-given life assignments. That's right. It kind of reminds me of a quote by Holly Furtick. Oh, yeah. Uh, that I really love her. She's us. a great, great person. She really is. She says, 
faith requires work, mm-hmm. grit, and perseverance. It's yeah. okay that what you believe you heard from God doesn't necessarily match up with how you're feeling oh. or your current circumstances. That's so good, isn't it? Because we are emotional people, and sometimes we let our emotions determine what we're going to think and feel. Well, and I think a lot of the times, too, we allow our emotions to guide us. Yes. really, it shouldn't be, because our, our emotions can play tricks on us. They can. They'll lie to us. Absolutely. So the third fire that the Lord showed us in picture was yeah. pretty interesting to even learn about, too. It, it was. Um, but it was a forest fire, and we've all seen it depicted in the news and on TV. Uh, but we refer to this fire as the destruction zone, mm-hmm. partly because this is a large fire that's very out of control. It spreads super rapidly. Mm-hmm. It's very hard to distinguish. And one of the interesting things about a forest fire is that it is not considered or classified as a forest fire until the flames consume vegetation over six feet tall. That is so incredible to me. Mm -hmm. Uh, The concept then that you can have a fire going and you don't know that it's really a destructive fire right? because it hasn't reached its peak, but that doesn't mean it's not going to. And so... Just hearing that six-foot marker, yeah. what kind of markers do we have in our lives? Absolutely. And sometimes a forest fire can actually take the tops of the trees before it will move down into the lower vegetation, which I just found fascinating mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because you would think that most fires start from the ground up. Uh, but if you think about it, a lightning bolt that comes down is actually going to start it from the top down. And so that was That's just right. really fascinating right. at that time. Yeah. Uh, so anyways, a forest fire is a, very destructive. It's very uncontrolled. It consumes everything in its path, which mm-hmm. I just... Wow, it just is so devastating to yeah, watch I, it happen. I was raised in Southern California, so mm-hmm. you know that they often have uh, fires there. And it is interesting, they don't necessarily have them just in forests, but True. but they they are rapid. Well, like you said, all of a sudden, before you even know it, there's a fire going. Sometimes that happens. Those destructive things happen in our life, just like that. And we don't even see it coming. No. A forest fire also typically creates panic and anxiety and feelings of being trapped. And we refer to this fire as being at a place of hitting rock bottom. Mm. And we all know how easy and how quickly sometimes you can hit rock bottom and you don't see it coming. Yeah. Uh, But just like a forest fire, when the smoke clears and... We all look at the damage and kind of just pick ourselves up and brush ourselves off. Something really awesome happens. And vegetation and regrowth starts to take place. It's an amazing thing of nature. Isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah. And just like when someone hits rock bottom and they finally make a decision to pick themselves up, dust themselves off, make a decision to change and actually follow Jesus or to stop doing the destructive behavior that they are doing, 
It's just like the regrowth of vegetation from a forest fire. Isn't that, that's so hopeful. Yeah. That's what we really want to continually convey to you, that no matter where you are in life, there is hope. So she's just giving, Jenna's just really giving you three basic fire categories. Mm -hmm. Well, I want to talk a little bit more, and we're going to talk a little bit more about, well, what is a fire comprised of? How does it start? What does it look like? So in order for a fire to start, it requires some kind of a spark. And a spark can be, um, you've seen it, uh, when you take uh, two pieces of rock or something or two pieces of metal and you hit them together, what starts to happen is you see these little sparks that start to come off. And um, that's really what we're talking about is sometimes it's the hard things uh, and all of a sudden a spark just kind of comes and um, sometimes those sparks light things and sometimes they don't. Yeah. But the other thing about uh, a spark is is that it's really also the kind of thing that um, we, we like to use the term kindle a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, kindling is that thing that suddenly it just sparks into you and it ignites something within you. So like we were talking a lot about how we were going to start this ministry. We had no idea how we were going to do it. And we had had a, a nice weekend together that we were going to sort of chart our course. And just like that, we were sitting and all of a sudden God just dropped into us this whole concept of the fires. Yes. And it really, truly ignited something in us that brought us to where we are today. And that's really exciting. So that's what a spark does. So once that spark actually hits that kindling or the whatever little twigs or things that you have um, in it, it transforms it into a flame. And that's the most exciting. So cool. That's the most, it's like when that happens, you just, you see a flame and it's like, wow. But that flame can easily die. Yes. You know, we can have great thoughts in the moment. God can drop something in our lives and we can be all excited. And then the next day it's kind of dead unless, and this is what we're founded on, you fan that flame. So you know about blacksmiths, for instance, they have those big, um, I, I think they're called, they're fans, but they're, they have a, a name and they, bellows, I believe they're called. <laughs> and, and they will use their foot and make this thing blow into their fire. And the more that they fan it, the hotter it gets. Yeah. So we do have to really nurture your fire. So when God gives you that spark and it starts to light, you got to nurture it. So that's how a fire would start. Now, sometimes the conditions aren't right. That's true. You know, like maybe you get a spark and it starts to, to take root, yes. let's say it that way. And then all of a sudden, um, it slowly starts to die. So you've got a small fire going, but it starts mm. to reduce. And what do you get then is you often get what we see is that glowing little ember that's there. Yeah. So we all possess, every one of us possesses the capacity to make a flame. Doesn't that just excite you? You can make a flame. But, as Jenna has already talked a little about different types of fires, you have to choose if you want to go on and to rebuild or ignite the fire of your life. And it can burn bright if it's going to remain. It becomes an ember if it isn't. So you really have to continue working on that. Also, um, God is just really good about uh, sparking things within us. So don't neglect listening. Yes. Oh, that's so true. Or sometimes pictures, like the pictures he gave yes. us. 
So when that, if you don't get that spark going, and, it's, and, and even if you did get it going a little, then you have these embers. So we're going to talk about embers because we love this glowing uh, picture of what a fire can be. It can be a beautiful thing. Yes. Uh, embers and sparks are really very much alike. Um, under the right condition, both of them will ignite into a flame and grow into something uh, when you think about it. So you've got an ember, and if you added more fuel to it, you would get something going. The difference between a spark and, um, uh, and a, an ember is when you spark something, it's the beginning. It's the start of something. Whereas embers, they're kind of like they're glowing, they're hot, mm -hmm. but you can reignite them. I love that. That's the hope part. We never, we never are left alone in to say. Sometimes there are places in our lives that do become ashes. Yes. They, they can. But mm -hmm. embers are those little things that enable you to pick yourself back up. And there's that glow. Okay? So that's exciting. It is. Very exciting. The other thing that you need with a fire, though, is some kindling. You absolutely you do. you got to keep it going, right? Yep. Uh, and so when the Lord gave us these pictures of fire and was actually really dropping the terminology yeah. to us, uh, we call those God sparks, you know, because yeah. they just come out of nowhere. Uh, but he gave us a picture of three types of kindling. And they're tinder, kindling, and firewood. Mm. Good and distinctions, by the way. Absolutely. Oh, so, yeah. And they're referred. we refer to kindling as knowledge, as mm -hmm. we told you before. And so when we think about tinder, we think about the things that we already know. Mm -hmm. uh, the definition of tender, tinder, excuse me, is it's highly flammable material used for catching a spark. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so when the Lord gave us a God spark, as we call it, uh, he was telling us about the parts of a fire, right. which I don't think a lot of people realize how many parts there really are. Truly, to a fire. When, until we started researching it, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> and so he was telling us about kindling, which is what you need to keep a fire going. That's right. And there's actually three types of kindling. And when we refer to kindling, we call it knowledge, as we told you mm -hmm. uh, a little bit ago. Uh, but the three types of kindling are tinder, kindling, and firewood. That's right. And when we refer to it as knowledge, we think of tinder as the things that you already know, mm -hmm. uh, how you were raised, mm -hmm. what you learned in school, mm -hmm. what shaped you. Those are what we kind of refer to as even, tinder. Even like our culture is like a yes. tinder of sorts because it informs how we're supposed to think and what we're supposed to do. Absolutely. Yeah. The definition of tinder is actually something that's highly flammable material that used to catch a spark. So think of yourself as you can catch a spark just like we catch God's sparks right. all and the time. That's why we call ourselves ember igniters. Yes. Is we want to spark. We want to give you knowledge mm -hmm. in order for you to pick up those pieces in your life. We do. We want you to be able to go and carry out your God-given life assignment. That's right. And we want you to be equipped so that your fire doesn't go out. So the second piece of... Uh, kindling that we were given from the Lord was actually called kindling and 
that is the knowledge that you are learning and using to grow yourself with. Uh, it's defined as a material that can be readily ignited, used in starting a fire. And these are bigger pieces yes. of things, uh, bigger sticks and branches. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you have to work at them a little harder. Uh, it could be like going to university or exactly you know anything you do Reading, to expand your knowledge. Listening, mm-hmm. uh, taking classes. Yeah. Yeah. The third is firewood. So firewood is the knowledge that you're expanding upon to take you to the next level. So those are kind of like certifications that you may get in your life or if you're going for a master's degree, continuing education, Mm -hmm. uh, just anything that will take you to the next level. And it doesn't have to stop just because you've got a master's degree. There's always something to learn uh, you just have to find what you're passionate about. That's right. And then figure out how you can learn more That's about right. it. Just kind of like we did. Yeah, <laughs> truly. It is it is a bit of a journey, but what I love about the uh, firewood is it is a big piece that you throw onto what started as small. So mm-hmm. you have that hope again that even if there's a small little fire burning, you can make it great. Right. And the great thing about firewood, too, is that it's sustaining. It's It wants to make it so that mm-hmm. your fire will burn for a long period of time. Because you're going to take that knowledge with you everywhere you go. That's right. The last definition that we want to give you is what we call light. And the light is a luminous energy oh. that makes things visible. And our hope, as we kind of said before, yeah. is that... You are able to spark the fire in your life and light up the world and carry out your God-given life assignment. Like we're all called to do, but sometimes we lose our way. Mm -hmm. And when you find it and get back on that path, it's just amazing what happens and really what will happen quickly and you won't see it coming. That's right. That's right. So now that we've gone over some of our terminology and told you about why we say things the way we do, you can now understand why we call ourselves Sparklight Ministry and Ember Igniters. Exactly. And we are just so excited to share with you uh, what the Lord has laid on our heart uh, for this message today. That's right. We've really been excited. Um, Tension, when you have excitement, you have some tension. We hope that. We're doing a good job of conveying to you the various things in our lives. So um, one of the things that God also sparked in us was um, what is it exactly that uh, we want to share with people? So um, I love that he gave us seven unique words that all begin with the letter R. And they're the kind of words that are going to help to rebuild your fire. Because, as we've been saying, it is never too late to be great. No, it's not. So when the Lord walked us through all these things, um, it took a while for us to work through them. So we literally have walked through the steps of building a fire, and we are even now still in that place, right, of God is pouring knowledge into us. We're trying to sustain the fire that God has given to us, Mm -hmm. and, and we're just two regular individuals, 
And um, if God can work through us, he can certainly work through you. Absolutely. So now we're going to talk about the very first two R's of yeah. our um, just wonderful platform that God has given to us. Yes. So the first R is to reboot your mind. And I love the definition of what reboot means. Uh, reboot means to restart, to make a change in something in order to establish a new beginning. How cool is that? Do you know that you can reboot your mind and establish a new oh. beginning for yourself? Amen. Especially when you feel like there's no hope in sight. That's right. This kind of reminds me of a story uh, about a girlfriend of mine who, she knows I go to the gym regularly in the mornings. Um, I get up at 4.30 and I usually am at the gym by 5 o'clock. And she was conveying to me that she really wanted to go to the gym and she started asking questions like when do you go and what time and and I said well I get up you know and go about five and her immediate response to that was what no way <laughs> 5 a.m that is way too early for me to get out of bed I don't get out of bed until seven in the morning and I really just think about that conversation and just go wow that's kind of a mindset that she has mm -hmm. because she's telling me that she wants to go to the gym so she can feel better, but yet she doesn't want to take the steps to get there. And it kind of reminded me of somebody who's okay with just fanning the flames of the fire that she's currently saying mm -hmm. she's not happy with. Mm -hmm. So I do know that someday we'll get her to the gym, but it just really was just, I do know that someday we'll get her to the gym, but it was just really a point where the God was like, hey, that's what I mean by rebooting your mind, changing your mind, getting ready to do something different. And I remember for myself, when we started on this journey, uh, one of those uh, sparks to reboot for me was hearing this question be asked of what would have to happen mm -hmm. in your life over the next year for you to be able to look back and say, wow, that was an amazing year. Wow. And That's a great I, question, isn't it? Yeah. How often do we take time to reflect? Definitely to reflect, but I remember sitting there kind of bewildered going, yeah, what, what would have to happen? Because... I mean, I, and then I started looking back and kind of almost regretting like, wow, what I, what have I really done? Yeah. Have I really done anything? Am I really doing anything to get closer to the goals or the things that I want? Uh, how do I do that? How mm -hmm. do I get there? Because so far it looks like for my whole life, I'm kind of just spinning my wheels and not really going anywhere, even though in my head I thought I was. I like that you said spinning your wheels because, you know, uh, we all know the term reboot your computer. Yes. Right? And and often what happens to make us the wheel. reboot <laughs> is we see this spinning wheel yeah. never going anywhere. Yes. Nothing is happening. And we're thinking, come on, come on, come on. And finally, we're, yeah. we have to make a decision. And so that brings us kind of in a sense, um, that's the reboot, making a decision. 
But when you do that, there's another aspect that God showed us. And he said, you know, you have to be able to recognize that choices have weight. And when we say yes. weight, we mean they have ripple effects or impacts yes. on you and on others as well. So, you know, I was thinking about it and I said, unknowingly, every one of us um, blames something or someone uh, for maybe the things that are lacking in our lives. Uh, it could be as simple as, um, you know, I, I would not be in debt. If I had gotten that promotion with that salary increase, I'd oh, be doing much better. That's so true. People Even, say that all the time. Don't they? Or this one, this is almost me in some research. You know, if only my parents had encouraged me to go to college. And, you know, uh, I had yes. this work ethic and they wanted us to work because my parents were immigrants. But I can say, well, my parents were the ones who kept me from going to college. No, I made a decision. True. And so um, I've been reading this book and it's really great because it's entitled, believe it or not, The Twelve Traits of the Greats. Well, we all want to be great. That's just mm -hmm. an inherent thing within all of us. And this is what he says. So he says, um, you, you, not somebody else, but you must take responsibility for the outcome of your life. Yes. What? Really? really? I mean, if you're honest, mm. if you're really honest with yourself, um, you're going to find that you're living today with the result of decisions you've made in the past. That's a pretty harsh statement for some people to hear. You might want to immediately go to, well, I didn't have any control over what my parents did to me or, mm -hmm. you know, the, the things that happened to me. You don't have control over some of those things, but how you process that yes. is always going to be your choice. So in order to change any future that you have, anything that you want to do, you have to be willing. And here's, that's the real key. You not somebody else, you have to be willing to uh, face and sometimes confront the people or the circumstances or even the bigger challenges um, that you gave control to. Um, that's a hard one. That's really hard as well sometimes. It is. It truly is. And I don't mean to diminish that. Of course. I mean, it's just a recognition. It's, a, it's that first little spark of going, oh, I can take control of my life okay we so, all like to be in control we too do. by the way i mean we come do. on let's be real we all love to be in control <laughs> well you know i want to tell this story because it kind of represents uh, the issue of sort of of control so i had the privilege earlier this year to go to california to visit with my brother who was planning to retire and he was building a home in arizona so i wanted to know where he was going to be living because we live very far apart and um, so we decided that why not take one of the weeks that I was down there and just do a road trip oh, fun. Um, uh, to all through Arizona up to where his home was. And um, a lot of you know about Route 66. Mm -hmm. Well, we took Route 66 um, oh, uh, all the way up to where he was going to be. Um, but what was interesting to me um, that kind of connects this dot for me was, so he had the vehicle. He knew the route to take. Um, he had planned it out. And all I had to do was get in the car and be the passenger. And so off we go. And I don't really have any control of where we're going. And I'm not really paying 
too terribly close attention to mm-hmm. off ramps or on ramps or any of those things. I'm just having a blast being in the car, being comfortable, stopping when he needed to stop for gas, going, you know, all the things you do on a road trip. Well, it's interesting that he has this adventuresome side. So sometimes he'd go, well, there's a little town. Let's go see what that is. And he'd go off. But I didn't have anything to say about it. He was <laughs> driving the car. So I was like, I'm, wrong for the, I'm, I'm along for the ride. So we would go, and it was an adventure, and it was great. Well, you know, I tell that little story because um, there's a part of us in our life that is like that. You know, when we look at the Word of God, it does say in, in um, the New Testament book of Galatians, mm-hmm. uh, chapter 6, verse 5, it says, For each of us, okay, every one of us is responsible for our own conduct, or some versions say, um, carry our own load. Mm. So here I am in the car, and I could have said, I could have said, I don't want to go there. Oh, yeah. But I just sat in the passenger side and allowed him to go there. So um, there are three really basic things that every one of us does have control over. Now, we might forget it or it might have actually sort of been taken from us by the way we were spoken to. But the three things that we do have control over, and I really want you to hear me say this, it's what you think, okay, how, how you are processing what's going on, the things that you see, the images that you're putting into yourself, how you're looking at the world, that you can control. And then finally, what do you do about it? Your actions, how you respond, that brings us back to recognizing that your choices have weight. Now, I believe that you can change. I mean, I really do believe that you can change those very small little embers or the direction of your life by fanning it, right? We've been talking about fanning those embers. And so you have sometimes you just start with a small fire at first, but with additional fuel, yeah, right? We're going to talk more about that. You will soon have this wonderful, bright light of your true self. And because I believe in what the Word of God says in John 10, verse 10, um, the Word says that the enemy, who is Satan, comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. Okay, all of those things. When I say kill, there's an image that runs. Yeah. Steal. Yeah, you taking something that belongs to you, rob you of something. Yeah. But Jesus said, but I, me, I've come that I can give you life. And um, I believe that that's what God wants us to do. So um, I think that what we need to do is take a moment and reflect on the truth of that. Absolutely. If God says that even though this one decision way back in the beginning affects you and me today, and we still have this same enemy who is coming to us and saying the things that are lies, like, Jenna, you're not a very good mom. You shouldn't be yelling at your son like that. You're bad. You're a bad mom. Or maybe he says something like, you know, you're just not very smart. You're never going to really be good enough. Mm. Sometimes there are things that people say to us, like, you'll never amount to anything, and there is a lie. And that's he's robbing you of your true self. 
But how quickly do we pick that up and oh. take it in and put it in our hearts and then believe it's true? Yeah. We do that so quickly. And I just don't understand and, it. And the like, thing why? is, is, exactly, why quickly do we believe that over the very truth of what God has said who we are? Yes. What we're capable of, how he created us. Remember? In his image, a creative, loving, caring individual. So maybe there are areas in your life where you have to take some responsibility. That's, that's not something we all want to look at. But no. you know there's the, that saying, it's not always a good one, but there's some truth to it. No pain, no gain. Yes. So taking responsibility, looking at what are you responsible for? Um, what have you allowed other people uh, to be the driver in your life? Have you just been the passenger? Have you been sitting along just going, there's our comfort zone fire? Mm -hmm. Have you been doing that? So what I like to do is take a moment. If you have pen and paper, that would be great. But if you don't, we can do this in our minds. Yeah. I, want to, I want you to think of a, a, a trip that you're going to take. It's going to be a road trip. okay? So I want you to imagine where you're going to go. So first of all, write down, um, I'm going to take a road trip, and for me, I would like to go to um, Yellowstone National Park. Well, if I'm going to take this trip, now, this is a, a funny thing that Jen and I just connected on the other day. I started saying, you have to get out a map, <laughs> yeah. right? And you have to plot your course. And so Jenna said, what? A map? No. <laughs> Pull out Google. Pull out your phone. <laughs> well, I'm old school. We used to use maps, but I understand. So you get out your Google map, but you yeah. get you are looking to see what's the route you're going to have to take to mm -hmm. get there, whether it's on a piece of paper map or whether you do it through Google Maps. Then you also have to figure out, now, uh, the Google map is awesome at this because it'll tell you exactly how many hours, what time you'll get there, all those things. But normally you have to sort of say, how many days is it going to take us to drive there? Do we have enough money for that? How many nights are we going to stay? All of those kinds of things. So picture in your mind that you've now headed to Yellowstone National Park. You've got your route figured out. You figured out the cost and the time, and you get into the car, and off you go. So you're the driver. You're the driver. You've set the course. You're going. Now, you could have chosen to be a passenger. <clears throat> Excuse me. So what I want to ask you is, would you rather be the driver or the passenger? I like being the driver because I want to be able to make sure that I'm fanning the right flame. Right. So you see, <clears throat> wow, a little frog in my throat there. So you see, you can um, make changes in your life to take a, a course of action that'll get you to the place where you most want to be. So the question today for you that we want you to ponder on is what action do you need to take today? Not tomorrow, not a month from now, but today to fan that ember, that, that sort of semi-dying fire maybe that's in you, to rebuild a great big blazing fire in your life. Because 
we're living proof it's possible. Yeah. It's never too late to be great. Never too late. That's right. So we've just gone over the first two R's um, to reboot your mind, make a decision, and then finally recognize that the choices that you um, make, they will have impact whether on you or others around you. That's right. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Well, we just want to say thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, We loved sharing with you uh, the vision of fire that the Lord has given us. And in our next episode, we will talk about the remaining uh, five R's of our seven, since we covered two of them today. You really don't want to miss it. It really is the stones that God has laid out for us all. It's totally true. And we just want to uh, remind you to subscribe and share our podcast with anyone that uh, is around you. Mm -hmm. Uh, We also want to connect with you. Uh, If you go to our website, www.sparklightministry.com, click on the prayer tab. Uh, We want to pray for you. Or if you're interested in praying over our ministry, uh, you can connect with us and become a prayer arc. You just sign up right there. Uh, You can also find us on social media, uh, Facebook, Mm -hmm. our YouTube channel. And we just want to leave you with, uh, we hope that you can find your fire to carry out your God-given life assignment. I also want to just point out, if there are topics that you have great interest in that pertain to how um, rebuilding a fire in your life might look like or the struggles that you encounter not knowing how to move forward, we would love to hear from you. We're here to really be those ember igniters for you. Um, So please also uh, feel free to uh, indicate in the prayer area what are the things that you would like us to talk more about. We want this to be not just about what we're saying, but what is going to improve your ability to see how God sees you. So, So, go go out and set the world world on fire. fire.